to make some noise in this place tonight. Woo! Woo! How many of you remember when the servant of the prophet came and he said, sir, don't you understand that we're surrounded by the enemy right now? He said, I've got to bring it to your attention that we're in trouble. Don't you understand the challenges we face? Don't you understand the kind of week that I'm having right now? Don't you understand the kind of insurmountable situations uh, that I've been dealing with? Uh, And he comes to the man of God uh, completely captivated uh, by the challenges of life. Uh, And I love what the man of God did. Uh, He did not even acknowledge uh, the challenges, uh, but he lifted up his head uh, and he began to pray this prayer. Uh, He did not pray for the circumstance he did not pray for any of those things he simply said Lord open up his eyes so that he might see and when the Lord opened his eyes all he could see was that God is fighting for us he began to see that while the enemy has me surrounded God has the enemy surrounded feel like telling somebody tonight uh, God is fighting for you uh, and God's got your enemies surrounded uh, God's got your family surrounded uh, God's got your circumstances surrounded uh, I tell you to take about 60 seconds uh, open up your mouth uh, and begin to declare uh, that God is fighting for us come on tell him yes yes In the name of Jesus, I dare you to open your mouth and begin to declare it right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give him praise in this place. Somebody give him praise in this place. I dare you to open up your mouth and declare the name of Jesus over your circumstance. Declare the name of Jesus over your challenges. High five about eight people on the way to your seat. Tell them God has the place surrounded tonight. God has the place surrounded tonight. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. Anybody thankful to be in the house of the Lord on Tuesday night? How many of you have a made up mind that nothing is going to pull you out of the house of God? 
Come on, do you got a made up mind tonight? There's nothing going to pull me out of the house. As a matter of fact, I feel so strong about it that when I face opposition, you know what I do? I pull it into the house of God. I pull every one of my challenges into the house of God. I pull every one of my fears into the house of God. I pull every one of my challenges into the house because there's deliverance in this place and there's freedom in this place and there's a word in this place and there are miracles. Oh, somebody ought to just lift up your hands. Somebody today said, if I could just get in the place, if I could just get in the house of God, if I could just lift my hands in the sanctuary, if I could just get under the auspices of the anointing. One more time, open up your mouth and give him a praise tonight. Hallelujah. He's in this place. Amen. Are you grateful for everything God's been doing in this sanctuary tonight? Amen. You can be seated again. I want to say what a privilege it is to have our guests in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Rock Church, I know it's Tuesday, but would you help me put your hands together and make some noise for all of our guests that are here with us? Man, we are so honored to have you in the house of the Lord. To all of those streaming online tonight, we're so glad that you took the opportunity to tune in and see everything that the Lord is doing in this place. So good to see brother and sister Pope again tonight. Amen. Show them some love tonight. Amen. Love them very, very much. And then uh, what, what an awesome... Uh, surprised to look up and see some of the great saints from Calvary Apostolic Church in Bradenton in the house of the Lord. We ought to put our hands together and thank God. Come on, let's give God a praise for what he's doing in Bradenton, Florida. Amen. I was on the phone with their pastor yesterday and God's just blowing it up in Bradenton. They had a house full this, this weekend in church people being delivered, people being set free. What a mighty, mighty work of God is taking place there. Amen. And we're so grateful for that and uh, all that the Lord is doing, some amazing things coming this week. And I'm, I'm so grateful to be a part of what God is doing here. How many of you have been blessed by the ministry of the evangelist? At Godwin. I want to stand tonight as we prepare for the entrance of God's word into this house tonight. I'm so thankful for what the Lord has been doing in this great revival. I believe that tonight is no exception. Amen, somebody. God knows our address and he knows how and where to send the mail. And I believe God has a word for me in this place tonight. Anybody else feel that way? Come on, if you know God's got a word for you, lift up your hands one more time. Uh, Open up your mouth and give God a great big praise uh, as he comes to deliver the word tonight. Well, somebody high-five your neighbor and say, the devil's in trouble again today. Amen. You say, why do you say that? Because you made it to church again. Amen. Made it to the house. We're thankful. If you got your Bibles, let's turn to 2 Timothy 4 and 10. 2 Thessalonians 1 
and verse 1 and Philemon 1 and 24. Philemon 1, 24, 2 Thessalonians 1 and 1, 2 Timothy 4 and 10. While you're turning there, let me say we give honor to your bishop and first lady. How many of you love bishop and first lady? Come on, somebody. We thank God for them. This is a great, great, and I know I say a lot, but these are great people. And I want to tell you something. They are hard working. Amen. I tell you, they are hard working. Amen. The last probably month and a half, I think we went to lunch or breakfast a couple of times. And uh, not because he didn't want to, but I just seen how busy he was and I need to lose weight. Amen. And they are busy. And so I'll go to the room or go over to the cottage or the evangelist quarters and get the next day. I'm scared. He ain't told me yet today. I'm scared to ask him what time he went to bed last night. I've been getting numbers like 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 2.30. We left for the house and stuff like that. I mean, many, many days. Would you give your bishop and first lady another great big hand for hard-working people? Thank God for them. Thank God for leadership of this church and uh, just for everybody. Amen. Thank God for everybody. Those that get up and take me to the airport early in the morning. I'm getting up early in the morning. We got to get up early, Brother Sloss. Amen. Eat your chicken after church. You better get to snoozing because that bell's going to ring early in the morning. <laughs> Amen. So we appreciate the Slosses and their hard work and picking me up and doing all that. Come on, let's give them a great big hand. All that they do and all the staff and back in the back computer area and just everybody. Amen. Look at somebody say, we love everybody here. Thank God. And all these things are important for revival and uh, the growing of the church. Everybody say the growing of the church. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let me just read a text. I'll get to preaching. Y'all know the rules. Amen's every 38 seconds. Amen. 2 Timothy 4 and 10. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and his departed unto Thessalonica, Christians to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for ministry. And Tychius have I sent to Ephesus. And the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. And the books, but especially the parchments. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 1, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Philemon 1 and 24, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. Amen. From these passages of scripture I want to preach on in Thessalonica there is a church. Come on. Amen. Look at somebody and say, in Thessalonica, there is a church. Tell somebody you can run, but you can't hide. Come on, tell somebody else, you can run, but you can't hide. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord before you see it. Amen. The Lord bless you as you're seated.
Philemon's 1 and 24, Paul, or it is written that Marcus, Aristarchus, and Demas, and Lucas were fellow laborers. They were a Greek word here for fellow laborers is synergios, which is a companion or work fellow. Together, but closer than meta. It is modified. They were they weren't just traveling buddies. They weren't just preaching compadres. But they were like, I'd call them boom shakalakas. They were. Because somebody say, when you a boom shakalaka, you are somebody. Amen. I mean, they were. They weren't just traveling buddies or preaching out buddies. They were fellow laborers in the greatest sense of the word. They cared for one another, watched for one another. But from Timothy it is recorded, Demas hath forsaken me. The Greek here is interpreted to abandon, to desert, to leave in straits, to leave helpless, to leave in a lurch, or to let one down. Not only had he left the great apostle Paul as far as fellowship was concerned, but he had left him by definition in a lurch so far as the work of the gospel was concerned. He had been one of Paul's dependable and trusted helpers, one of his close ministry comrades. The word here is also used by Jesus while on the cross in Matthew 27 and 46. He says, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why have you left me in a lurch? Why did you leave me hanging? Hebrews 13 and 5 says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things that you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor Forsake thee, I'll never leave you in a lurch. Aren't you glad God will never leave you hanging? Come on, somebody. God will never leave you helpless. He'll never leave you in straits. He will not abandon or desert you. Amen. There may be times you'll pray and don't feel a thing, but he's still there. He is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. In the Greek, this word forsaken is very strong, stronger than the English word. It's made up of three words, lepo kata en, to leave down, and that is to forsake one who's in a set of circumstances that are against him. So you just didn't part paths. You didn't just walk off. They went to lunch and you went another way. No, they, he left them in a set of circumstances that was against him. Lepakata in. It was a cruel blow to Paul. Right to the last moments, his intense nature impelled him to do what he could in, in the service of the Lord. He was waiting for the executioner's acts in Rome. And now one he had trusted had left him in a lurch. Let him down. Left him helpless. In straits he had been abandoned 
by one of his very closest ministry comrades. He was in prison. His freedom and action and travel was cut off. There was one who had liberty but now had deserted the apostle. And he had walked off from the Christian work, the building of the church through evangelism and outreach. He deserted it all for the world. The word here, world, in the Greek is aeon. It's a world which theologian Trench defines as, now this is six or seven lines of big fancy words, so just bear with me. He says, world is defined as the floating mass of thoughts, opinions, maxims, speculations, hopes, impulses, aims, aspirations, at any time current in the world, which is impossible to seize and accurately define, but which constitutes a most real and effective power, being moral or immoral, atmosphere which at every moment of our lives we inhale, again inevitably to exhale, the subtle informing spirit of the world of men who are living alienated and apart from God. That's how he defined the world. I'll read it again. It is the floating mass of thoughts, opinions, maxims, speculations, hopes, and impulses, aims, and aspirations at any time current in the world. So we're, we're out of this definition, allows us to come out of 45, 50, 60 AD into 2022. AD and apply this definition floating mass of thoughts, opinions and maxims and speculations, impulses aspirations at any time in the world what are they tonight? Do I take a dirt road here and just talk about them for a few minutes? I, I could, you, you can think about it right now, the craziness that's going on absolute total craziness that is being even talked about in houses of the politicians, in the places of politics. One side is just jumping off the edge of sanity, going completely crazy. There are some people right now, some states and stuff that are uh, fighting over the abortion law again and some of them are fighting to try to get approved amen that it's alright to have an abortion all the way into the ninth month for a baby that moves and kicks and you can push the belly and it'll push back and I've even seen mamas just bend over and say something and the baby would move I mean they can recognize a voice not just at nine months, but even way earlier, amen. And whether it was nine months or at the point of conception, amen, of course, we believe that at the point of conception, there is life. Come on, tell somebody there is life 
at conception. Amen. And so I'm not trying to take a dirt road. I'm just trying to tell us, amen, as I can even sense the tension here and I can feel it. Uh Uh-oh, watch out now. And you can feel it now. Amen. And so I just want to say that that word, world, points to our last moments of time and points out we're living in a crazy, crazy time. Demas loved it all. He prized it highly. How could you go from being the absolute preaching comrade of the great apostle Paul? And as I thought about this today, how could he be with Paul all this time? And have this feeling of loving the world with such deep feeling that he prized it highly. And then Paul gets thrown into the third dungeon just a short while away from being murdered, killed, and assassinated for the gospel. And when Paul needed him the most, just took up his little flag and walked out. Therefore, he, the Bible says he set his affection upon it. Can I say to you tonight, amen, and I just felt this yesterday. I stepped out one time, went and got uh, a great pizza. Man, that was good pizza last night. Hallelujah. That messed up my preaching right there for a second. Hey, Shondo. <laughs> And uh, went down there and got that, but I was in the room, didn't leave the room all day today. And as I thought about, he set his affection upon it. I want to ask all the church, everyone here, where have you set your affection? What down pat, and I'm just going to say this now, down past your hair, past your dress, past your your britches gentlemen, pass your nice suit, pass, all past that. Way to somebody and, t- and turn somebody and point to your heart and say, well, he, he's talking about something way down in here. Amen, that when you're by yourself, you entertain the thoughts of it. When you're alone, when you're out of church and thoughts come up and, and you talk about, oh, it don't change the way you look, it don't change you coming to church, but down inside, there's something working and twirling and nobody knows it but you. Touch somebody and say, where are your affections? Why am I saying this? Because we're in the midst, this church is in the beginning stages, if I could say it that way, of of a a massive revival. And I know all the saved folks in here won't clap because that's just normal Pentecostal apostolic churches. Every revival I've ever been in, it was a good one, it was a big one. The three biggest ones always had, I'm not on my notes, but I'm in the Holy Ghost, always had church devils in them. Because somebody saying amen will keep us out of trouble. Church devils. Look at somebody say that means they look just like you. Camouflaged, undercover. Hallelujah, a couple times a month. 
little jerk once every quarter just to get your praise on so you can say, I do my, did my bit. I'm, I'm talking to people that are here. You've been here for years, but down on the inside, hey man, there's something working against this and, and it's a thought and it's something somebody did or something somebody said and I want to tell you in the Holy Ghost, hey man, I've come to preach to a demon in here tonight and I've come to tell you, don't leave in the midst of a revival. And I'm off my notes. I'm, I'll cut some off the end. It staggers me to think of the churches. 32 years of evangelizing that I've had, God has allowed us to have and churches and our ministry would come together at the same time and it would explode into massive revival. Went three years in a row to Modesto to Brother Keyes's. Now it's Brother Johnson's church. Been that way for seven, eight years or so. And uh, we went there. Did Saturday Night Live on Easter weekend. Every year we'd have 100 to 150 get the Holy Ghost every weekend. I mean, it was just unbelievable. It wasn't controlled altar services, nothing like that. But man, he had, there was just something in that church. Man, it was... And there was guests. I mean, they brought guests. It didn't matter. Now, you knew they'd been building up for it that month before Easter. They were outreaching. They were putting flyers out. I mean, hundreds and thousands of flyers. And Brother Keys called back fourth year, and he said, Brother Gollin, I got the word the Lord spoke to me, found me in a Super 8 motel. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Answered the phone room. I couldn't believe it. Brother Keys, what you doing? Call me. He said, I'll explain later. He said, but I need to talk to you. I said, okay, what's going on? He said, you got to come preach revival. I said, well, yes, sir. When do you want me? I knew the first six months was booked, and he named two weeks. It was in February, and my heart sunk because I only had two weeks off. I had a week before because of the times. I was at Brother Ewing's. Is that because times the second week back at Brother Ewing's? And I thought, I told him, I said, Bishop, I'm scheduled to be with Brother Ewing. You know, he's an elder, and I'm supposed to be down there at because of the times, that's the only minister's conference I'm going to. And, you know, he said, well, Brother Mangan will let you out of it. Don't worry about it. And but I'll call Brother Ewing if you want me to. I said, well, I'll call him. He said, okay, call me back. I called back Brother Ewing. He said, Bubba, my God, I feel something. He said, you just go ahead to Brother Keys. When you get done, you can just come on back down here to Eastwood. Got there, and three and a half months later, Three and a half months later, over a thousand people filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, that was Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, Sunday night for two months. Tell somebody you ain't got no right to be tired. I know it's 2022. I don't know what the difference is, but I know the devil's got us all boom fazzled and all that and I'm not asking for more church nights I'm just saying we was in church Wednesday, Friday, Saturday I asked him I said why don't we do Thursday so brother God we just can't have church on Thursday I said why not he said man Thursday night people go shopping get their groceries clean their house I said oh okay stayed there going there two or three years doing that but in the midst of it There was some demons. 
I'm talking about the greatest outpouring I had seen up to that time. Greatest revival Brother Key said he's ever been in. More people got the Holy Ghost in them next three or four years than ever. But right in the midst of three or four thousand people praying through and being baptized in Jesus' name, there were Demases that left. Went to Dallas at Brother Foster's a few years later, 2001. Began revival. He told me, I think I told it here. He told me to come on. I went. I started to go. I said, well, I've got something scheduled. He said, all right, we're starting without you. God told me you'd be the man. So I hung up, and two days later, both two weeks were about three weeks revivals I had. Pastors called and said they had to cancel. I had a good meeting going. I called Brother Foster back and said, I can be there tomorrow. He said, come on. Ended up being there four months. 538 people received the Holy Ghost, and about 380 or something like that was baptized in Jesus' name. But in the middle of it, stayed there for three and a half or four years in revival, bouncing in and out. Third year, I went 11 months. Right when all that was going on, God pouring the Holy Ghost out, saving sinners and just reaching people and people's lives being changed, sprinkled throughout the church. There was... Saved people. Oh, they didn't miss church. They was there. They'd sit back. A little hand wave every now and then. Every two or three weeks, they'd get out in the aisle. Now, they get, didn't dance like Bishop does. I can't even do that. But I can run in place. But I mean, just giving God praise. I mean, they'd do whatever, you know. But it was, you know, the, the, I mean, an earthquake praise for them was a, that hand would give it a quiver. It's like, oh my God. And at Brother Foster's about third year, there was a group that just rose up. Touch somebody and say, in the midst of revival. I'm not talking about just good church. I'm talking about people praying through. Drugs being thrown out of their pockets on the platform. Backsliders praying back through. Why are you going slow? Because I'm thinking through everything I'm feeling to say, and it ain't my notes. And I'm, I'm having, I've got old, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of. Yeah, we got tape now, and got video ministry, so you don't be careful there, Godwin. Seventy established, strong people slipped letters under the pastor's door. They came in the next day and opened the door, and there were letters opened it up, and they informed him they were leaving. They were going to another part of the city with a quote unquote faithful and I'm going to talk to leaders now preacher alright bishop but 
key person walked off. 70 people, tithe paying, offering given, quote unquote solid people, walked out of a revival that Brother Foster had preached about for 17 years. He, the Lord told him before he even got voted in at the church, he said, I'm, there's going to be a revival here that's going to double this church in 30 days. The church will grow to 1,000 people. There'll be 15 other churches out of this church around this metroplex, and then it'll have revival around the world. He had went 17 years for that. About 210 was what it was that first Sunday. And the fifth Sunday... It was over 500 people in that church and it hadn't been below it since. Before the pandemic, it was running up 980, 990. Every few weeks, it bounced over 1,000 people. They got 12 churches around the, uh, throughout the Metroplex there. Revival's going on, but while that was all going on, there was a Demas. One that was in the ministry team. One that was an elder. One that was a leader. He didn't just leave. The Bible said he loved the present world. I'm going slow letting you think on it and I'm making my way through this. Leaders I don't know what it is how, how could Demas be one of the Four close preachers That stayed with Paul And Paul ends up At the end of his ministry In a Roman jail About to be executed How could one of the four closest To him Just throw the towel in and say, I'm gone. And the Bible records he loved this present world. He was a, now I'm, I'm, I'm on this and I don't have it in my notes, but I feel the Holy Ghost telling me he was seasoned. He was a leader. And I'm preaching to us now in the middle of, I don't know how many weeks we've been going, 10 or so, something like that. But I'm preaching to us in the middle of this. And I'm trying to preach to the church. I'm trying to preach to the elders. And I'm saying, you need to right now, tonight is a night, you need to reach down deep in your, in your spirit and pull out any negativity from any other church, from any other situation, or from this church from years ago. You need to reach in and get all that mess out of you. See, now... I'm going to just say this. I'm going to say, looking up here, you folks that ain't clapping you and you're seasoned people, choir members, people get up on platform, you ain't saying nothing, you ain't saying amen, ain't clapping, you the ones I'm talking to. You are the ones I'm talking to. You make me nervous. You can sing up on the platform, but then when you get out here in the aisle, it don't matter if I'm up here or he's up here, either one of us preaching, you don't say amen. You ain't got no excitement. I'm you got to reach down in your spirit and pull it out and say, devil, you got to come out. That's a thought from hell. I don't love this present world. Come on, tell your neighbor, I don't love this present world.
the spirit of the age that got a hold of him. Colossians 3 and 2, Paul said, set your affection on things above. Not on things on the earth. I phrase come into my mind, I'm going to say it. That's why you got to be careful, fellas. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're on that computer. This ain't in my notes. I'm okay, elder. You need to be careful. Now we got all this technology in us and you can't do nothing about it. Now there's computers in here. It's just a gateway to hell. I'm talking about you can get anything, everything. And you can get to getting what you want and end up with something you never even thought of and just scare you to... Come on, tell somebody I may be holy, but I better watch what I'm playing with on that computer. What are you doing, Brother Godwin? I'm preaching to Demas. Before you leave, I'm trying to tell you, don't just be in ministry. Don't just get in the choir. Don't just play the instruments. Don't just be an usher or a sound person or a technician. Don't just be a bus driver. Get in here and say, God, when it's church time, I'm going to be in that altar. I'm going to be cleaning myself out. I'm not just going to be a Demas. He had hot through hardships and privations, dangers, toils and snares, stoning, scourging and beatings. The Bible said Luke was with him. Luke was a physician, focused his ministry and ability on the care of God's man in his final days. A Greek doctor leaving his practice to be a personal physician to the itinerant preacher, Apostle Paul. Weist translates this verse, for Demas let me down. having set a high value upon this present age and thus has come to love it. What is it? We've had, I don't know what the count is. Last count I have is 50 something. Thank God the Holy Ghost. I don't know where it's at now. It's in material. Pastor says this revival he's been preaching for, this is it. This is the beginnings of it. I don't know if I'll be here, how much longer I'll be here. I want to be here as much as I can. I want to be here. It may take four or five of us to come in here and help get this one done because it's going to be so big. You hear me. This revival is so great. This revival for this church, I'm going to tell you in the Holy Ghost, is so great, so big, so many new people. Tell somebody we got new people praying through, but it's just been a drop in the bucket. Amen. There's about to be hundreds. I'm going to tell you what came to me, and I stopped it. The word came to me, hundreds a week. Hundreds of new ones a week praying through in this church. And so I'm preaching to the seasoned people. I'm preaching to the people that know what to do, that know how to live. You may not get preached to a whole lot over the next few five or six or eight months or year, but I want you to make sure in your spirit that you're not a Demas that's gonna leave and slip out.
Bible then goes on and says he set out for Thessalonica. When I read this, this is what jumped out to me, Bishop. He left for Thessalonica. I wonder what was there at the time. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.1 says, Under the church of the Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians 1 and 1 says, Under the church of the Thessalonians. Tell somebody say there was a church there in Thessalonica. Tell somebody there was a church there. Demas had left Paul in a lurch, having loved the present world system, spirit, and aura. Left out headed for Thessalonians, maybe wanting to also get away from the church, get away from the ministry, the eldership, the responsibility. Bible says that there was a church there. I'm preaching tonight two things. No matter what you or what you do or where you go, there is a church there. In every city, there are people there that stand with the man of God. And I'm telling you, you that stand with your bishop and first lady, you are valuable people. There are people that support the man of God and the woman of God, and you are valuable people. There are people that are loyal to the church, and you are valuable people. He is God's man, and he's your shepherd. Tell somebody to say, stay with the man of God. You can be seated. I'm preaching to you that you're on the increase, you're on the incline, you're on the way up. And on the way up, you need to be aware. You need to stay with God's man. You need to stay with God's plan. And you need to stay with God's purpose. The Bible doesn't say Demas did the implorable sin. The Bible doesn't say he lied to the Holy Ghost or that he blasphemed. He just left, quit, ran off, stopped pursuing God and his plan, loving the things of the world. But it was that present world. It was that present system No preacher probably tagged while he was preaching. Demas just laying hands on people, praying them through. Making sure he got them back to the baptistry, the creek or the sea or the little lake and get them baptized. I don't know what part he was over. He got done doing his ministry. He'd get by himself. There was that something down in his heart. Just kept turning and turning and turning and turning. Around 60, 50 something, just early 60s, Paul is killed. So he's been in the church for 30 years. And all of a sudden, Paul's in prison now. They're going to kill him. 
that little voice said, hey, come on, get out there. Ain't no sense you stand there and get killed. Pulled up his white flag of surrender and left. I'm preaching to everybody in here. Number one, if you've never been born again, you need to be born again. That's what Jesus declared. Jesus said, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, gave us what the interpretation of what they all believed on that day when they said, what must we do in Acts 2.37? Peter didn't step, stutter around. He didn't beat the bush. He didn't give them five different ways. He said, here's what y'all got to do. Repent and be baptized every one of you. Touch somebody say, every one of you in the name of Jesus. Tell somebody, in the name of Jesus. That means when you're baptized, the word baptized is baptism. In the Greek, it means to immerse. That means put under. I'm gonna be plain. That doesn't mean, give me some water out of your bottle. Pour me a little bit in your hand, in my hand. That's it. Thank you. That doesn't mean you get a little bit and just sprinkle them. The word immerse does not. Now, you ain't quiet. I mean, you're getting quiet, but that's all right. You just stay here. I'm just going to plow you up. Amen. That's not baptizo. You still feeling a little bit? Get a little bit. They're still on there. That don't make you baptized. Baptizo doesn't mean sprinkle with water. It doesn't mean pour a little water on you. It means to immerse, to put under. Paul said be buried with Christ. Amen. You got to go to the baptistry and they'll put you down. In the name of Jesus, for the remission, the blotting out of your sin. If you've never been water baptized in Jesus' name, for the remission of your sins, you need to do it tonight. You can be seated. Now, thank you all the crazy Pentecostals that got up and said amen. Thank you for the Pentecostals that clapped their hands. But the ones I'm preaching to is the ones that didn't do nothing on that old message that you, oh, I know that, I've heard that. He's, he's hit that about every weekend he's been here. Duh. <laughs> and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. You don't go to a classroom in the back room and they teach you G, 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 ja, 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 ja. Say it if I can until you get your tongue tangled up and that's the, tongue, that's the Holy Ghost. That's a bunch of stupidity. Look at somebody say, that ain't how you get the Holy Ghost. Hey man, you get up here and get to worship and lift your hands up, repent of your sins, say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for what I've done that I knew was wrong. I'm sorry for what I did wrong that I didn't know was wrong. I need you to forgive me. He will forgive you right then. Then you just begin to praise him and worship him. And while you're doing that in just a moment of time, you will begin to speak in other tongues as the spirit of God that's coming in you will enable you to speak. Oh, look at somebody and say, you will receive the Holy Ghost. And then once you get in the church, you have to grow up. Everybody said, we have to grow in fullness and measure and stature. Outer court, holy place, holy of holies. Fullness, measure, stature. Look at somebody and say, you just keep growing. I look at somebody else and say, I'll keep growing. You keep growing. 
we'll all keep growing. What are you saying? That's all important. But now what I'm talking to is people that's done all that. I'm talking to the seasoned people now. One couple that won't just keep coming back to me. I've resisted. I'm going to say one couple at one of the churches that had great revival. Couldn't have kids. Hit the revival where they were starting to run out of money. I didn't know it. I said, okay. And so the pastor got up and told them, we're going to take up pledges. They took up pledges. And this man came to him and said, Pastor, I'm going to give you the first check I get. For every $1,000 that the church commits to and gives, I'm going to match $1,000. He said, what? So he got the next night and told him, and somebody here said such and such. He's going to match it every $1,000 given. He'll give 1000 When it was all done, about three weeks, $25,000 had come in. That next week, the man had started a new job. He was a salesman. His first commission check was just over $25,000. I was in the office when he pulled it out of his pocket and signed his paycheck right to pastor. We just kept having revival. One year later, before the revival was done, his wife had a baby. It was impossible. Everybody knew they couldn't. She got pregnant and had a baby. It was a sign. The pastor said, it's a sign. The revival is the will of God. We're going to keep going. We kept going. But one year later, they left. Six months after they left, they did not heed the warning of the pastor. They did not listen to him when he called them back to his office. I said, this is out of the will of God. Y'all have got to stop it, shut this church down and come home. They all said they would, including the pastor. Nobody did. Six months to the day, all eight families busted up in divorce. Why? Because they left. Having loved this present world, I'm preaching to you tonight that when you leave, if you leave, when you leave, when you get wherever you're going, there's going to be a church at your Thessalonica. Now I'm trying to close. I know everybody said all demons left. He was a demon from hell and he just... He was, and I understand. But when I read this, it said he went to Thessalonica. And the book of Thessalonians says there was a church there. It hit me. I wonder if Demas was doing his worldly stuff, whatever it was, and rounded one corner. When he rounded the corner, he... There's a church here. Oh, I didn't know there was a church here at Thessalonica. I've prayed people through in Seattle, Washington. People get to having a revival and they get to inviting people. And people, all of a sudden, the people come to church and they come to church and, and in a worship service. They, they just come to the altar and they just get in the Holy Ghost and they afterwards they tell Pastor, I used to live in, I, I can't remember where now, but it's down in the south, going to Louisiana or somewhere down there, all the church, you know, mega churches are down there in Louisiana. 
I used to go there and I got hurt and offended and I backslid and I went up to Seattle, Washington to get away from the church. But when I got here, they found me. I'm warning you, number one, don't leave the church. Number two, I'm telling you, don't just look for sinner people, but you be aware and be ready. You're gonna run across some demons in this city that have left from north, uh, up in northeast New York or Massachusetts or Ohio or Iowa or somewhere in this country. They've come down here because they just wanna hang out and party and enjoy the sun. They're not thinking about church, but you're gonna sit down in a restaurant next to them. You're gonna be in the office with them. You're gonna go to the cash register and they're going to be running a cash register and they're going to see you. Tell somebody and say they're going to come home. And you see, what are you saying? I'm saying it makes a difference there's a church here. It makes a difference that this church is a praying church. Come on, just say amen. It makes a difference this is a worshiping church. It makes a difference that this is a church that has a great pastor in it that has a great pastor's wife in it. It makes a difference that you got a great preacher for a pastor. It makes a difference this is a giving church. It makes a difference that this is a reaching church. It makes a difference that this is a church that's striving to grow up into the fullness and measure and stature of Christ. This is a church that is the ecclesia we are the called out ones. It makes a difference that there's a, this is a one God church. It makes a difference that this, is, that this church believes Jesus is that almighty God. It makes a difference that this church believes the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, I and the Father are one. It makes a difference. There's Demas... There's a Demas in Fort Myers. This is, there's somebody in this city, Thessalonica. There's an open door here. It's open for Demases. I'm trying to close. It's open for Demases to come back. People that have been hurt, people that have been mistreated, people that messed up and Quote unquote, save people. Wouldn't let them get past it. What are you saying? They walk in and sit down, you move away from them. I've seen it. Seen backslide walk in and sit down in the pew. I've seen, I've seen saved people get up and move from sitting by people that were from street ministry or very poor. They'd get up and move. It would just, it just, ah. Or kids in Sunday school. You know, Sunday morning, we got kids up here. Kids, you know why we got all these kids up here? Number one, because you went and knocked the doors. But number two, because parents, listen, parents, take them, get them out of here. Why? Because they got a hangover from the night before. They don't want to mess with them. So I send them over here and the kids are coming. They're coming from all kind of mess, all kind of craziness. 
Can I preach like I feel? And them kids get up here. Now, you know where they are? They're not just at a church. They're not just in any church. They're in an apostolic church. They're not just in an apostolic church. They're in a church that knows how to worship. That's got great worship and great music and great people in it. And they're just kind of shocked. Some of them get to run the aisles. They don't know what they're running about. But I see some of you rolling your eyes. I'm thinking, when's this going to stop? I've come to tell you, it ain't ever going to stop. We're going to keep bringing them because there is a church in Thessalonica. We're not going to stop reaching them. We're not going to stop busting them in. We're not going to stop reaching for the poor. You can stand with me. I'm going to tell you what, you folks that still hadn't got up on my preaching and I'm preaching flat good right now. And you hadn't got up yet, something's wrong with you. Unless you got a baby in your lap, something that's okay. I'm talking about people you know better. There's got to be something in you that recognizes. We're the only hope. That's what hit me today. This church is this city's only hope. Can I tell you, if you think you can run away from this, I'm preaching to you tonight. Whenever you get wherever you think you can go, you're going to run in to an apostolic church. Because you can't run from the church. Thought about this. I was went to Connecticut. Winter of 1984, that fall. They had that old Lithuanian building, went in downstairs, cleaned it up, and went in the back room through two doors. Bunch of stuff piled up in grocery sacks and picked up one grocery sack and I did I said oh my god there's cassette tapes I said now start going through it and it was about 25 30 tapes biggest part of them were from some meeting called because of the times it was 1984 because of the what what in the world because of the times I saw preachers names on her I didn't know I, I knew Mangan well, I, knew, I know I've heard that name never heard him preach I've heard that name, Vestin, that must be his mom. Pulled some tapes up. Was in there, Jeff Arnold. Jeff Arnold. What in the world? Who are these guys? I said it out. Brother McGray came and said, hey, Brother McGray, I found a bag in the back room. Bag. Yeah, what'd you see? And they said, a bunch of preaching tapes. He said, oh, you can have them. I said, well, they, they got tapes on something about because of the times or something like that. I don't know what. He said, oh, you can have them. It's a, I said, what was that? He said, it's a conference goes on in Louisiana. I'd never even been in Louisiana. I'm driving a limousine for a rich man, Chinaman. He's an oil tycoon. I'd drive him two or three times a week down to New York City. Couldn't leave the car. Had a big super stretch limo. Lacking silver, it was fine. I get down to New York City and just lean over, driving through the street. Yes, sir. Just lean with it, brother. Yes, sir. I went for my interview and I wore one of my suits and 
walked in there. They told me not to wear a tuxedo and stuff. But after I had the interview with them, they called me the next day. He said, well, you got the job, Mr. Godwin. And by the way, you don't have to get a tuxedo. He said, your suits look great. And I went, that's what I'm talking about. Amen. So I took the bag of tapes with me. And I'm driving down there to get Mr. Ching dropped off. And I got to drive around the city for three hours. So I pulled over, found an open spot. And I pulled over and dumped him tapes out. Looking through there. and Jeff Arnold. Miracle, looking for a vessel. Okay, pop that in. What? Preaching. I'm talking. I'm talking. He was preaching to the world. Quit spinning, brother. I'm talking about going down. He was. I was like, oh my God, who is this man? Then I heard his testimony. He was in the army. New York City. Tell you a bunch of funny stories about him, but he marries his wife, Patty. He's a drunk. Played football for college and army. And great athlete, great racquetball player, all that stuff. He was drunk. Marriage was about to break up. He said he started waking up in the middle of the night. Hair standing up on his arms. Here's something. Patty, wake up. What? What? Said, something's in here. Something's talking to me. She said, Oh, Jeff, shut up. You're drunk. She Lord. Did that three nights. He said, Let's go back to church. So he went to a church, and big old church, two or three thousand people at it. And the preacher got done. I offered him to come down to the altar and say the sinner's prayer. Nobody was moving. Patty said, You want to go pray? Yeah, I guess so. He said, I've done this since I was a kid. He said, I got stacks of envelope cards that I've signed. And they said, I saved. He said, I had so many stacks of high. He said, okay, I'll go get another one. He went down there, went down there, fell in the altar, started crying. They said, oh, you ain't got to do all that. They caused a commotion. They made him go out. She got in the car. And she said, Jeffrey, I want to ask you, are you serious about wanting to live for God? She said, he said, well, Yeah. I think that's what's waking me up these last three nights. She said, all right. She said, we got to find a United Pentecostal church. That was back in the 80s, uh, late, late 60s. She said, you got to find a United Pentecostal church, Jeffrey. You got to find an apostolic church that'll, that'll baptize you in Jesus' name. They went to a little church. I wish I knew where it was down here in Florida. And to some little church, it had a woman for a pastor, just a handful of people. He went to church, that's exactly right. My God, I'm talking about this man walked in. In that church service, the Holy Ghost began to move. He went to the altar, got the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus. He was in college. He was six months from getting his court stenographer's degree. And his pastor, the lady told him, said, Jeffrey, she said, if you're serious about doing something for God, you're gonna have to quit school. He said he dropped it immediately. Quit when he did. His dad and mom exploded on him up in New York City. Cut him off from inheritance and everything. He started preaching. You know, Jeff Arnold, you know, the preach. I love him. He's one of the greatest preachers. Because he preaches plain, and I like that. Does everybody say amen? What are you saying? I'm saying God found him. 
You don't know what kind of person, what center we're going to be reaching for. You don't know who you're going to be talking to. You don't know who you're going to be witnessing to at the restaurant. You ain't got no idea who you're about to invite to church, but I'm telling you, whatever you do, sir, saint, ma'am, preacher, you make sure that you got your heart cleaned out and you're not fond of this world and make sure it's not recorded. Demas left me. Having loved this present world. Come on, everybody stand with me. Now I know we all have to be calm. And I'm preaching tonight to seasoned people. leaders in this church that you're number one not only followers of God but you are locked in with the man of God and what God is doing that you don't have that you don't have anything in your spirit that's between you and the preacher what are you saying well it just comes to me so I'm going to say it you may be down here, backslid, prayed back through, but you left the other church, wherever it was, because you just had an out with the preacher and you, you're okay with that, but you're just going to keep your relationship kind of... I'm going to keep a stiff arm up. I'm just not going to let myself get real close to this man. You know, I don't, He's the best preacher I've ever heard. Man, this church is growing, but you know what? I'm just going to... I'm just going to keep him at a... I'm going to keep a stiff arm up. That's not in my notes. I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost... Need, you, need to, you need to put your stiff arm down. And, and you need to hear me. You need to get as close to your man of God as you can get. I mean, you, you need to get right next to him. You need to get close to him. You need to be, you need to be, be just this close to him is what you need to be. You need to get behind him. You need to support him. You need to be like the men in the Old Testament holding up the hands of I get the other. Long as it, listen, as long as his hands are held up, we win. Can I say to this church in the midst of this revival, I'm trying to reach for demons before you leave. I'm trying to tell you, stay here. Stay with the man of God. Stay with God's man. Stay in the church. Stay close to him. Don't leave. Don't leave. Stand with me, everybody. If you would, just come on down to the altar, if you would. Pastor and sister, come right up here, if you would. There was a preacher that went to Germany. The second night, a young man came to the preacher and asked, Do you remember me? He said, no, I don't think so. But after giving him his name, he remembered. And he said, his grandmother lived two houses down from the church. Preacher's dad pastored. She was a faithful member. She wouldn't let up, just kept inviting her grandson until when he grew up and graduated and got old enough, he joined the military to get away from her and the church. 
But his first day in Germany on the base, his roommate asked him, Have you found a church here yet? He said, No, have you? And the young man that asked the question responded, Yes, I have. He asked him, What kind of a church was it? He said, It was a one God, apostolic, united Pentecostal church. And he thought, My God all the way over here in Germany and there's a church here somebody's about to cross paths with a backslider a soul that ran to this city trying to get away But when you walked into the McDonald's, stepped in the line behind them, they turned and looked. You began a conversation. And then you told them, I go to an apostolic church. Can I say to you, there is a church here. This is the church. It's 901. I'm done. This is your pastor and his wife. Come right up here, Bishop. I'm asking every seasoned saint. Is this your Paul? These young men over here, I love y'all. I was looking for y'all. I don't know when you slipped in, but I'm glad you're here. I want you guys to know, this man up here and that woman will do anything they can do to help you. You understand that? Come with me. do anything they can for you as long as you stay here am I right Bishop come on that woman and that man up there they'll do anything they can for you you know that I heard your testimony how you prayed through how long you been in church now six years Six years. Coming up on seven. Shiva. Spiritual fullness. Completion. But let me say to you. Don't leave. Now, good news is, if I'm talking to you, 95% of the time, it ain't you. But it could be somebody close. I'm kidding. Don't leave. Because we're going to get, this going to get so busy. You're going to be running the buses so much, you're going to be so tired. <laughs> Is there a woman in here that's ever had a baby that when you got done having the baby, you wasn't tired? All the ladies that had babies and you was tired when you got done delivering it, raise your hand. 
as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. It's, it's the way it's supposed to be. Now I want to say I could just I could just wear this out. I want to ask you, are you going to be here in six months? Will you be here a year from now? What about it? Will you be here a year from now? Brother Solace, you'll be here. Will you be here? What about you young ladies? be here turn to somebody and say will you be here six months from now don't listen saints don't get yourself all in a rattle or when are you going to preach to me I was preaching for Ron Garrett years ago in his first building he had we was having a revival I'm talking about we went three weeks and he said brother Godwin I think we need to have 30 more days of revival. I'm going to challenge this church to bring 300 first-time people that's never been to church 18 years or older. And God's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. I said, I believe it. Man, we had a kickoff service. That place went crazy. I'm about two and a half weeks into it. We've had over 240 guests in two weeks. I'm talking, it was going crazy. And there was one man sitting back about three rows first week or so he was with me but after that he had said on his seat yes sir and I was so locked in on them guests I hadn't even seen him. some reason I was walking down the aisle and I looked down and saw him I tapped him I said hey what's wrong with you he said nothing I said oh yeah he said my brother Gary said get him and he jumped off the platform and jumped over the pews boom 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 started running to the back I said are you serious he said, I'm serious I said what's wrong with you he said, I'm just tired of this preaching. There was 300 plus people in there. People were gasping and groaning. Look at somebody say, this is when Brother Godwin was real young. Tell somebody, I'm glad we got the old Brother Godwin. <laughs> he said, I just don't understand. I said, what do you not understand? He said, when are you going to preach to us? I said, who's us? He said, us people been in the church for 25 years. I said, what are you talking about? He said, all you're doing is preaching. He was saying it. All you're doing is preaching these sinners, preaching these people, praying through, all these people getting the Holy Ghost, getting delivered. I want to be preached to sometime. I said, all right, I'm going to preach to you. He said, okay, and he looked at me. I said, from this moment on, I'm not preaching to you until God tells me to. And walked off from it. What are you saying? I'm talking to our seasoned saints. Don't get upset. Don't get offended at what God is doing in this church. I'm all right, Bishop. I'm all right, Bishop. I'm going slow. I'm not wanting to ruffle nobody, but I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell this church right now. You are in a position. If you start crossing this move of God, you are going to be in trouble. One man gave that check. A couple of services later, the Lord spoke to the pastor. I was down preaching. I threw him the money. 
he began to prophesy as a sign from God that this revival is the word from God. There will be a woman in this church that cannot have babies. The doctors have declared you cannot have children. You will be healed in this revival and you will have a baby. That next year and a half, she had two babies. It was absolutely mind-blowing. That church was lit up. Did you know they were the ones slid the note under the door and said, we're out of here. And left. And a year and six months later, the marriage was blown up. Disintegrated. Why? Because God said, You made your decision to not stay locked in with the pastor. When you, when you decided not to stay with Paul Demas, that little thing down in your spirit rose up. And when Paul needed you the most, you surrendered and walked out. It didn't hinder the church, not one bit. The church kept growing and growing and growing. Paul dies and they just keep on growing. The church will never miss a step. Listen, if I leave, the church isn't going to miss one beat. Oh, Brother Godwin, people will be so upset. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you right now. 90% of the people I know oh well I knew something was wrong what and I got friends I can name through a bunch of them I got some preachers that would call me Brother Dylan said of one preacher he said you tell him Everything I got to is he can live upstairs in the house for six months to start out with. Won't cost him a dime. I'll take care of all of his bills and I'll pay him every week for six months. I was at a funeral, Brother Godier and Brother White were sitting there. And they whistled at me. I walked in. Brother God, when Brother God, I come, hey, Bishop, how you doing? Doing good. How's so and so? I said, hey, not doing good. Tears running down his face. He said, Greg, you tell him. Everything I got's his. I'll do anything. I'll give him a thousand dollars a week. I'll put him in one of the houses the churches owns. He won't have a bill for one year. I'll take care of every bill he's got. Tears running down his face. You tell him, I love him. I could just keep you here for a while longer, but I'm not going to do it. I'm trying to tell some seasoned people, you need to get your heart cleaned out. You need to get it all out and say, God, I'm laying it all out here. I'm locked into this. I know you got to work. You got to work. When you get done working, you got your wife and your family and your kids. You got to take care of that. You got that. But the next thing you got to do is you got the church. Am I still all right, Bishop? I wish I could feel.
feel a release. It's so tight right here in my gut. I know these young men ain't going nowhere. If y'all go somewhere, I'm going to tell you now. You're going to get my old nature stirred up in me and I'm going to kick you. I'm going to put something up on y'all. Ajax won't wipe off how you like that. That scare you? <laughs> I'm not real worried about these three young men. I'm real worried about him. The Holy Ghost directed me to the seasoned people. Where are you going to be? By the time this outpouring, this season of outpouring is over, will you still be here? Everybody lift your hands. Ikabo shanda yala na boshataya. Kodoro no boshanda yala na mahaya. Kidoro no bohiki ata sotoli telamashaya. Ori aboshanda yala mohoya. Come on, Demas. There's a church here. Don't leave this church, Demas. But if you're here and you left the church and you're visiting tonight, I want to tell you the church is still here. You need to repent tonight. You need to get the Holy Ghost again tonight. You need to pray through again tonight because the church is still here. You can run, but you can't hide. God's after you. God's after you. God's after you. Come on, church. Come on, seasoned folks. Brother God, when I've been down this 35, 40 years, I wouldn't leave. Don't say that. I've been here for 28 years, Brother God, when I wouldn't leave. Don't say that. Now I'm asking us all to come in closer to this altar. Come on, squeeze in closer. Squeeze in closer. Lift your hands up. Pray with the person next to you. Come on, saying to God, I know you're struggling. I know things aren't going right. I know money's tight. I know all that. But listen, you got to make up your mind. I'm not leaving. If I go to heaven broke, I'm not leaving. If I go to heaven struggling, I'm not going to leave this. I'm going to go to heaven struggling. But I'm not leaving this church. Come on, ma'am. Come on, ma'am. Kilalabuyatalabashaya. Come on, Saint. Come on, Saint. Come on, Saint. Come on, elders. Come on. I know you've been here for years, but get your hands up. You got to recommit. God, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with you. I'm staying with you. I'm staying with you. Come on, choir member. Come on, choir member. Come on, musician. Come on, preacher. Come on, preacher's wife. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Come on, seasoned saint. Come on, elder Christian. Come on, get your hands up. Get your hands up. Come on, young man. What about when you turn 18? What are you going to do then?
Come on, come on, come on, come on. Somebody reach out. Pray with somebody around you. Pray with somebody next to you. Pray with them. Come on, pray with somebody next to you, in front of you, behind you. Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice. Lift your hands, lift your voice. Come on, just a couple of moments here. The Lord's not finished in this place. The Lord's not finished in this place. While, while you continue to pray, I want you to hear me tonight. While you continue to pray, the spirit of prophecy is in this house. In the last 10 minutes, while Brother Godwin was preaching, I felt the Lord speak three things to me. And I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost tonight. The first thing God showed me was that when Jonah ran from God, he was running from himself. And when Jonah decided to try and leave, and he went down to the shipyard, he did not even really care which ship that he got a ride on, as long as it was going in the opposite direction of where God told him to be. I'm preaching to some people it's, I, I feel like it's more than one that when you are living in resistance and defiance to God trying to break your will 
any opportunity looks like a good opportunity. When he shows up in the shipping yard, there's an old saying that says, when a sailor has no direction, any wind is good wind. Any opportunity is a good opportunity if it'll get me out of the crucible of where God is trying to break me and mold me. Any job looks like a good opportunity. Lord, as long as it'll get, as long as it'll take me out of the pressure and the process that God has me in. Any relationship looks like a good relationship as long as it'll carry me from the place of breaking and molding. But you will find that there's no place you can go, no place you can run that God will not find you. It's what this man preached tonight. And I'm talking to somebody that is forsaking. You are in the process of forsaking God's hand of anointing that's on your life. And you think, you think it's this, and you think it's the Ninevites, and you think it's this, and you think it's the city of Nineveh, and you have Fort Myers, and it. no, 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 no. And I'll tell you what it is. There is a heart condition that you are trying to escape, and God's got his finger on you. When he finally repented, God said, okay, now do what I told you to do. I'm talking to somebody right now that God's brought you to a pivot point of abandoning what he's called you to do. Somebody needs to receive that right now. The second thing God told me, he brought it back to my mind. I was at a conference this past week and there was a particular phrase that was, was uttered during the preaching by an old sage man of God he described the story I felt God tell me just to tell tell the situation there was a woman who was having a baby when she went in the hospital her intention was that she would not feel any pain she wanted it to be as comfortable as possible but the doctor knew that if, if he gave her the level of comfort she wanted that the baby could not be, be born the way it needed to be born. And so he intentionally left some of the anesthetic levels. And so when they got into the middle of the delivery, the woman began to experience the pain and the agony and the pressure of the process. And she began to, 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 to get adamant with the doctor. You've got to do something to take away the pain you got to do something to alleviate the pressure. And the doctor looked at her and said, ma'am, you have two choices right now. You can either be comfortable or you can have a baby. Rock Church, we can either be comfortable or we can birth this revival. We can be comfortable. We, we can try to, to make sure, or we can make up in our mind, uh, God, we're going to have this revival. We're going to birth this. Come on, somebody in the building right now. 
whatever it takes God uh, whatever inconvenience I have to go through uh, God I might not look right uh, I might not feel my best uh, it might be hard uh, but Lord there's something precious uh, that's about to be birthed and the third thing God gave me and I don't do this matter of fact I don't think I've ever done this before Brother God, when God gave me a word for you tonight, it's not an accident you're here in Fort Myers. We've talked about the, 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 the unique way that we feel like God has orchestrated things. But as you begin to preach right now, God said, and he brought to my mind, Mary standing with her cousin, both of them with child. And the Bible says that when they came together, what was in the womb of Mary caused the prophet to jump inside the womb. Brother God, when all of the great revivals, all of the historical landmark revivals that have, that have been woven into the fabric of your DNA, I believe that God has called you to this church for such a time as this. And what is in the womb of this church is about to cause your ministry to jump uh, and ignite in a way uh, that is about to revive a new level of anointing, a new level of, come on, I, I believe it in the Holy Ghost. Uh, there is something in the womb of this church uh, that's about to cause your ministry uh, to operate in a new level. I want us right now to extend your hands in this direction. Uh, come on, right now. There, there's no accident of what God's doing in this house. Uh, I want you to begin to pray right now in the name We are giving birth. God has ushered this church uh, into the birthing position. Uh, God has ushered this church uh, into the birthing room. Uh, God has brought us into the place. Uh, come on, it's time to prepare uh, for delivery. Uh, it's time to prepare. Uh, come on. Uh, come on. Uh, there's been something growing on the inside of the womb of this church. Uh, there's been a baby uh, that's been in a gestation period. Uh, and God called uh, the womb of this church. Uh, and he's connecting it. Uh, you're preparing the way. Uh, you're a voice in the wilderness. Uh, God's going to use your ministry. Uh, in this next season. Uh, 
Come on, church, right now. I need you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. I need you to begin to see yourself being used by God. I need you to begin to see yourself operating in the prophetic under the anointing and the unction of what God is doing in this place.